Welcome to the Particulate Matters podcast. This is a series for the Public Health Networker podcast. It's a series of a few episodes on environmental justice and environmental health, climate change, and all of those things that are very serious and very important as it relates to public health. I'm your host, Dr. April Moreno. Welcome. You know, it's been a little while uh, with our summer break, and we hope you enjoy this episode, which we did with V Nguyen of... um, She's a pediatrician locally in the San Diego area, and she's also known as Dr. Plastic Picker. She recently um, led this conference called the Heat and Human Health Summit at the UC San Diego campus, and uh, we were able to interview her and feature her in our podcast. So we hope you enjoy this episode, and to learn more about us, visit publichealthpodcasters.com. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Particulate Matters. Today, we're speaking with Dr. V. Nguyen. She is a pediatrician, and she's also an environmental advocate. Hello. She's also on Instagram, at Dr. Plastic Picker. Welcome, Dr. Nguyen. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to meet you um, officially. Yay, thank you. I'm really excited about this conversation today. And um, so, yeah, we were having a small conversation before this and getting to know you. And I just wanted to mention also that the creativity and the fun spirit of doing the serious work is so important. So I'm really grateful for that as well. Yeah, thank you. So tell us a little bit more about you. Um, yeah, so my name is Vee Nguyen. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I, I, you know, I think my climate activism and work in environmental justice has been very kind of meandering. I actually got started in this work because I got burnt out from middle management in a big HMO um, and now better and back. But actually, it's kind of funny. I started picking up trash on the beach, actually, and um, became kind of my husband helped me think of this term, Dr. Plastic Picker, got on Instagram, started blogging. And yeah, that's pretty much how my activism is. I kind of wander around and, you know, literally, I don't like to kick the can down the road. So I pick up the trash as I, I go. And I find these um, amazing uh, pro- like um, projects that need to be done. And so, and that's how I kind of dived into environmental activism. And it wasn't really because, I mean, I always had cared about equity, about environmental justice and racial justice, but it's more because it just needed to be done and I was there. Um, and I literally am trying to clean up the earth. <laughs> so mm-hmm. The water is there, the beach, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying so- to be happy along the way. Just starting out, kind of, you were at a certain place at a certain time, and the conversation just came up on environmental justice. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay, so how did this develop for you? How did you become really more passionate about working with environmental justice and environmental work? Um, I think I had always been environmentally minded. I mean, I think like a lot of people, like solar panels, like hybrid cars, and all that. But I think on the beach when I was in the midst of my burnout and got better and it sounds kind of silly, but the ocean really healed me. I, I had walked, maybe if I, I'm trying to get to a thousand bags of trash. I'm on about um, almost 800 bags now. So by bag 50, by the 50th walk or so I got better. I mean, fundamentally got better from the ocean, the birds and just having quiet, you know, on, on early morning beach. Um, Southern California beaches are really nice. And then, and I think I just had that aha moment where I realized the existential crisis of climate change, had done some trainings through climate reality, through the American Academy of Pediatrics, and just like being very curious and having my mind healed 
being very curious, um, I started delving in and looking into um, kind of climate justice and environmental justice, racial justice, and realized that was the kind of the origin story. You know, like you see all these problems and I had in my life in terms of work-life balance and problems my patients have. And it just seemed like the root cause of everything. And I'm all about like efficiency. So for me, it just led me to naturally to this work. And probably one of the first projects I encountered was, um, and I had not, I had heard about lead um, pollution from working on equality issues as assistant chief of PEDS. I was um, always was an asthma doctor, asthma quality metrics. And then I had heard about lead, but didn't know a lot about it other than what you're taught in medical school. And then um, this aviation leaded fuel project in Claremont, which is kind of this environmental justice area in San Diego came up. And honestly, I'm Vietnamese American. I speak Vietnamese fluently and I have a lot of Vietnamese autistic kids. And so, and they all live in Claremont. <laughs> so I was like, and I heard about this kind of simple thing that was happening that needed to be fixed. And I got upset. Like I just was better. And I was like, I need to speak up. And that's what I do. I see these things that need to be done. And I'm amazed that just by speaking up, I can help either change legislation or bring awareness to things. Um, so that's probably why, probably the lead work um, really keyed me into environmental justice issues. And that has led to heat, led to more lead work. Um, and I have always done climate legislation, but yeah, lead was, um, that was kind of a, so the experience of in clinic being a pediatrician for like 20 years and taking care of a lot of autistic kids and realizing, wow, this, this lead pollution is just creating chaos for a lot of us. And the fix is like just legislation and just going back to the root issue, which is like, get the lead out of the water, get the lead out of aviation fuel. Mm -hmm. That is so interesting. So you started, as you were working in pediatrics, you started to notice certain trends. You were noticing with Vietnamese children that had a certain um, location, geographically, they were living in a certain neighborhood. You were finding these trends in asthma as it related to, and then you started to see that there was um, a linkage between lead, um, lead in the environment where they were living. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny. It's that's how circuitous my climate activism is. And I'll tell you the truth is that I live in PB, and we're near the Mission Bay area. And I'd always had heard about Rewild Mission Bay, and then, and that's important for climate work because of wetland, um, wetland conservation and, and sequestration of carbon. And we had joined the American Academy of Pediatrics pediatrics um, through myself and a couple other pediatricians had joined the rewild coalition and then montgomery gibbs environmental coalition is part of that coalition and so just because we were on the wetlands together <laughs> we found each other and then they had told us oh we have this niche project that needs to be done basically leaded so it's not the big planes so big planes use unleaded fuel it's the small propeller aviation fuel planes and they use leaded or unleaded but in Montgomery Gibbs Airport, there is only leaded fuel available. So, and it's a very simple fix because all the pilots agree, all the environmentalists agree, the teachers agree that we need unleaded fuel, but the city just has to install an unleaded fuel tank. It only costs $170,000, that's it. Um, and then it just had been left for like decades, you know, and, and I think there's an airport in Santa Clara that had changed over um, to unleaded and then we hadn't done it. It actually is a huge national problem now. The EPA is involved in everything. But for me, I was just so focused on Claremont. I said, like, my patients live here. I was actually raised, I lived for a part of my life in Claremont. It's raining 
upon Claremont, why can't we get this changed? And then I had a pre-medical student who wanted um, a project and I do pre-medical advising kind of um, on the side for free. And I, the kids helped me with climate work and I helped them get into medical school. And Riley Gilbertson, who's a super charismatic kid from Patrick Henry, a graduate from UCLA, found me and I said, let's do this together. And pretty much he and I just like figured it out. Like he was just a really smart kid. Um, actually got into Vanderbilt Medical School and Northwestern through this project because it was um, we published it. And so we just kept on showing up at Facebook Lives and Claremont Town Councils. I brought on a developmental pediatrician who's very well known, Rachel Ireland, and we kind of spoke about it and we just kept on showing up. We would, um, every conference I was able to, I would show up. So UCSD um, School of Medicine is a fantastic and gave me opportunities to give lectures at their school and I would bring it up and I kept on bringing it up. And then I told Riley, write an op-ed. And next thing I know, smart UCLA grad writes an op-ed in the San Diego Union Tribune. And so we got that legislation passed mostly through the advocacy of Sandra Stahl, who's the executive director of Montgomery Gives Environmental Coalition, but we brought the medical voice there, which kind of brought it across the uh, finish line. And Raul Campillo, I, I hope they pronounce it right, um, the district um, and the city council people uh, pushed it. It was became his issue, you know, but I think what we did was we just brought the medical voice there. And literally like our group is like no budget, right? It's just us. <laughs> so so I, I was that I mean, we're still waiting for it to be installed. There's still some like things happening behind the scenes that are, are frustrating us, but at least the budget allocation is there. And so um, and that was very because my feeling is that I used to be an admin and I know how expensive autism is for the medical system and for families. And you know, I remember on Facebook Live at the town, Claremont Town Council saying, or Claremont, like you know, community group saying, you know, trying to hire developmental specialists is really hard. There's not enough of them in the country, and and we know this drives, you know, this affects. So basically, leaded air pollution and water pollution affects IQ. It shifts the IQ point about five points for the whole population. So you think of that people are on the borderline. You're going to shift people into ADHD, autism, all this developmental delay. And so for me, I'm like, you know, I practice medicine and clinic, but then I had this realization, I can make a big impact just speaking for two minutes or something. And I, I tell people, I, I think all my colleagues should give me like $2 each or something. I don't know, do something for me because I'm, I'm really speaking on behalf of like all doctors because everyone's too busy, you know, but yeah. I've got to the point in my career where I'm able to like, you know, I have, I'm, I have a couple afternoons off a week. And so I'll just show up. Like, I'm like, Hey, where did I need to be? Let me go here. Let me go there. Let me bring a pre-med with me. So um, yeah, the leaded aviation fuel project taught me a lot because I learned to reach out to other doctors across the country for expertise. Um, and I learned that you just need to act, um, voice, you know, speak your truth, and then you write it up as an academic thing because it is academic, right? So we we published actually um, in the Journal of Community Health, which is powerful. So and we and so the co-authors are across the country, um, including um, our pre-medical student who's now going to go to medicine. That was a really cool project. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd love to see that article if you could share it with us. Oh yeah, definitely will. Great, thank you. So it was, was this part of the um, the beginnings were part of the National Climate Advocacy Program? Was that what it was called? Yeah, so the AAP, American Academy of Pediatrics, there's a National Climate Advocate Program. So Lori Byron, who's a pediatrician up in Montana is the head of that. And all of us, um, there's two of us per chapter that meet virtually every month just to kind of share ideas. And that was the catalyst because it created that connection. So I remember um, 
when we had discussed earlier before the, the official interview about connections and kind of conscious leadership. And that's why I realized, because it's about connection and about being open enough and vulnerable enough to say, I don't know, can you help me? And so with the lead work, I became good friends. And actually now one of my, I would consider best friends um, is Elizabeth Friedman, who's a pediatric environmental health specialist who trained in San Diego, but actually is in, in Missouri. And we just connected through this, this group and we just, she thought Dr. Plastipicker was really funny. I make trash art, you know, and then I finally met her and we just clicked. And so pretty much she has the, she's brilliant. I mean, she, the woman's like knows everything. Um, and I am a frontline pediatrician, but I know how to write. I know how to ask the right questions. I can speak up, right? And so I'll ask her and I'll ask anyone. I said, you know, can you help me? Like I have this leaded aviation fuel issue in San Diego, but I'm not an environmental health specialist. Like, and she'll send me PowerPoints and talk me through things. I help her on the other side as well. And so for me, the National Climate Advocate Program through the AAP has been this beautiful connection of folks that voluntarily come every month, talk, can come. Sometimes you don't, you don't go to every meeting, but you know you come when you can. But we learn and we dialogue. And so literally, this group helped me clean. It's helping me clean the air in Claremont. Um, and same thing, we're trying to move legislation in California on leaded drinking water in schools, you know? So I haven't needed Elizabeth's help yet, but um, if I ever did, I could just give her a call, text her, you know? And so it's kind of cool that all these pediatric um, activists were just like on texting basis with each other because it really takes one person to change things, you know? Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that. So um, yeah, thank you so much for your work in um, helping the environment and um, helping the Claremont region. And um, yeah, that little airport, I know a little bit about that little airport. <laughs> I hear all the planes <laughs> from the little airport. Yeah, um, yeah so tell us about um, you know, some of the work that you're doing right now um, and you know, maybe something that people can get involved with. Oh, um, yeah, no, the most, I always, um, the most exciting thing I'm doing working on right now is the, uh, and this is not just me, this is a whole group of um, like-minded open hearts from San Diegans, but it's the San Diego's Heat and Human Health Summit. So it's H3SD. So that, the, the I thought of the name of the summit, um, but the acronym was kind of a combination of a lot of people like updating a proposal. So this came from um, Dr. Wilma Wooten, who's our, um, County Health Officer in San Diego had given a talk to the League of Women Voters Environmental Justice Subcommittee. And one of um, those members is actually a pediatrician who forwarded me the YouTube talk uh, of her talk. And I saw this talk and I was blown away. I mean, we had been talking about climate resiliency, um, kind of the, that we need to kind of prepare for heat waves. And actually hearing her talk um, and recorded I was like making notes, you know, I was telling my friends, I was totally nerding out in this whole thing. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like the heat waves are gonna hit San Diego. We're more at risk due to impervious services where we are. Um, we have only about 50% of households are um, air conditioned. Um, we have a lot more linguistically isolated households. You know, it tends to hit environmental justice committee communities. And I myself last August, because I worked um, at Kaiser and part of the sustainability committee had been on the news like six times during the heat waves because I'll do whatever I can for the earth. So I'd been on like NBC, KUSI, you know, 
everything because of the snapdragon, everyone was fainting, if you remember back um, during that heat wave. And for me, like, I was like, well, we can't, this is not good um, because that day, the ERs throughout the county were like overwhelmed, right? Because everyone was fainting so hot. And so when I heard Dr. Wooten's YouTube talk and then having done kind of the heat interviews for the news back in August, I had the aha moment saying, oh, this, even though it's really rainy now, which is the atmospheric rivers, the wets are wetter, the dries are drier. So it's very wet now, but the heat waves are going to come. And my thought was, oh my gosh, we can't wait, right? That's the whole thing with climate work. You know, um, we've already waited too long. So my thing is, do I wait for next summer? I got to do this now. So I thought of the name because, you know, who doesn't want to be cool, right? San Diego Heat and Human Health Summit, call it the summit. You know, everyone's going to be there. And then just emailed a bunch of people that I work with um, just throughout San Diego. And everyone was like, yeah, let's do this. You know, and UCSD, I have to really, really thank Dr. Luis Castellanos and um, uh, Professor Wayne, uh, K. Wayne Yang, who's mm -hmm. the provost of college. And I had met them through a Harvard connection because they're all um, went to undergraduate or graduate school at Harvard. And I had emailed them and they, UCSD had said, let's do it. Let's, let's provide neutral ground so the healthcare groups can come together. And so we're pretty much at the point where everyone said they're going to be there and people are just, you know, giving a little bit of money because it shouldn't cost that much um, to put on a summit. And my idea is that we need to address like ED utilization during these heat waves. What do we do with youth sports? You know, indigenous communities, um, there's a huge need to kind of learn from those um, communities about what we should have done and what we need to do to protect the most vulnerable. Um, and then I also am doing this art thing on the side where we're having kids draw images of um, what they think a climate hero looks like. So we'd actually already thought about that theme, but we're going to show it at the summit because my idea, my thought is that, you know, what's more important and impactful than a child's drawing. And we're really doing this for our children, right? And so hopefully for the afternoon session, we'll have some kids there with their artwork to really show you what a climate hero looks like. Um, and I think kids' art is so powerful. So the images I we used last year were just, just striking. I mean, they were not the images I thought. I thought they'd just draw trees and birds, but they were like, you know, kids who are doing advanced art with acrylics, like very moving images. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. Um, is it in August, did you say? Yeah, Saturday, August 12th um, at UCSD. It'll be likely at the School of Medicine. And so we're, we're going to try to uh, figure out who are the best folks to be there. But it'll be a combination of kind of administrative folks, um, a lot of like, you know, those who are making decisions in the healthcare um, systems, green team, and then some community members as well. So hopefully it'll be this like um, and then county, um, Dr. Wilma Wooten's office said she would come there. She would come. So a lot of uh, people have said they would be there, which is really important. So we'll invite some political figures as well. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much. How can people get more information? How can people get in touch, find you on social media? We said you were at Dr. Plastic Picker on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I joke around. I used to I used to help run our my department, which is like 90 pediatricians. So. My life is very joyful. Not, not that it wasn't joyful back then, dealing with schedules and stuff like that, but now it's like super fun. I told, I used, I joke around, but it's true. I tell people I used to be in call for the department, but now I'm just on call for the earth. 
So um, I'm at Dr. Plastic Picker. Um, I have a blog as well, which is kind of my, just my silliness, mostly about my kids, my trash art, um, drplasticpicker.com. Um, so you can always message me on Instagram if you, um, so for my patients, I know sometimes you do, but please try to keep it on the patient portal for, you know, for other people like, you know, message me if you have any climate projects you are interested in or want to collaborate. And then the conference will probably be posted in multiple places, but it'll definitely be on our website. So we are sdpediatriciansforcleanair.com. Um, 